Broadcasting from a radioactive bunker deep inside the bracket compound. This is Show Spoilers, Episode 5. We are currently talking about Mr. Robot, but before we get into that, I want to introduce myself. My name is Kevin Brackett, and joining me as always is my co-host, Roger Roper. Hey, Roger. Hello, good evening from the beautiful city of Carrollton, Georgia. All right, I heard they have great Walmarts there. They have. I I was telling you uh, before we started here off the line, you can always tell uh, the type of city you're in by going to the local Walmart, and uh, Carrollton did not upset me. It definitely showed me the, the true nature of uh, just west of Atlanta, Georgia. But uh, it's 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 actually quite pretty. Uh, the drive, uh, I went through a lot of horse farms. So, yeah, it was neat. All right. Are there any stories like uh, anyone uh, try to tackle someone for a dancing Elmo or anything while you were there? No, no. Luckily, luckily, luckily that didn't happen on my watch. Or was it lucky that you missed? Yeah, that's I think. Was it lucky? I am very happy I wasn't there. Of course, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, that would be quite silly, but we'll tell you what we do. This is Show Spoilers. This is the show where we go in-depth and we tackle uh, whatever the show, the current show is, and right now it's Mr. Robot. We talked about the premiere last week, so if you haven't listened to that, pause this, go back and listen to uh, the Season 3 premiere, which was Episode 4. And of course, this is episode five. We are talking about the second episode. Of course, you can find us on Twitter. That is our main social network hub that you can find us. So follow us on Twitter at all the spoilers. Also, if you want to send us some of your deep dive theories, comments, corrections, did we get something wrong about an IP address configuration, a router, uh, some kind of subnet mask, you name it. If we said something wrong or or something sounded silly, tell us about it. Uh, you can email us theshowspoilers at gmail.com. So remember to add the because there's probably some people out there with some the just show spoilers at gmail.com getting some really weird emails and we don't want them to get our emails <laughs> they're like what is this and right <laughs> why before, are they <laughs> right before they're tackled by an elmo <laughs> exactly they're like hey wait a minute what are they talking about azora hi what is yeah. this wait a minute hacking a router what, what these people are crazy yeah, what is nuts. this They are absolutely crazy. Raj, do you want to read the synopsis here? Yeah, Elliot starts his new job at E-Corp. We meet Darlene's new friends. Zeng has his own plans for stage two. And Mr. Robot is alive and well. As if anyone ever questioned that we would be seeing Mr. Robot again. (laughs) They named the show after him. (laughs) Sorry, no more Mr. Robot. He's gone. Exactly. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's jump into this. So this is the second episode of season three, like I mentioned. We've had about a week for this thing to settle in. Uh, Last week, we talked about some interesting theories. We talked about time travel, parallel universes, some really crazy stuff. And uh, Raj, last week, uh, I don't think that you were even thinking in that arena. How are you feeling a week later? Um you can tell that my 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 tinfoil hat back is on because I texted you and I was like, "Yeah, I think you were right. I think we're seeing uh, we're seeing some der- uh, derivations from a, a normal timeline. There could be time travel. Uh, there's there there's really no reason for Elliot to want. I mean, it, it goes totally against his character, and I know he's an unreliable narrator. But for him to want to go back and undo everything, and I just feel like we're, we're seeing like a, a sliding doors Gwyneth Paltrow movie here, where halfway through the season they're they're going to start back at the gunshot wound, and uh, we're going to see a, a, a different version of of these events. That I mean, that's that's my prediction. I think you were right. 
Well, well, thank you, first of all. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i not even 100% sure this is one of those shows where it always keeps you guessing. And now, like we mentioned last episode, we mentioned this a couple times, we're looking for something. We're looking for the twist, just like a Shyamalan movie. We know something isn't right, and the question is, what is it? Uh, have you been reading any of the theories going around online? No, I try and uh, avoid them because I, I, I don't – I we do a Westworld podcast over at Shout on TV, and uh, – and we had a lot of theories that were written into us, and we would we would talk about them. And people criticized us and said, "Oh, well, you know, people are just you know regurgitating what they read on Reddit." So for that reason, I purposely avoid. Uh, if we're going to do a show, I purposely avoid Reddit. I purposely avoid going on the internet because I want my theories to be fresh. Or if if you if you write in, um, I'll read those. But no, I, I I'm trying to stay spoiler free as possible. Okay, fair enough. Well, uh, so I will tell you, I was talking to my friend Blake, who's a big Mr. Robot fan. He's actually the person that got me into the show, so I'd love to have him on sometime. But uh, he is under the impression, and he's been doing some reading on Reddit, I believe, and there's a theory going around that Elliot might be in a simulation. What do you think about that? A simulation. Okay. All right. (laughs) What kind of simulation would he be in and why? Well, I think they. What I think uh, the theory, and again, I actually didn't read this, but he told me that he is a fan. Uh, the theory he likes the best is the simulation theory. So, what I'm imagining is that somehow the Dark Army is is controlling people. I'm guessing something like Matrix or the Matrix esque chairs, something like that, where people are hooked in and they can relive the realities. I mean, even Total Recall, going back to that movie, uh, the original Schwarzenegger movie, some kind of a simulation where they can relive things and so maybe white rose is is going to somehow reprogram people's realities i mean again i have no idea that's just something i never thought of that's an interesting one we get i mean there was a very similar theory around westworld that everyone was living in the simulation or that's how like uh because there was an allusion to one of the cleaners uh down in the uh down in the mesa where they uh, work on the hosts and the robots yeah. if, you, if you're a fan of Westworld anyway. But uh, uh, Ptolemy Slocum's character, Sylvester, he mentions that he's going to go eat a ham sandwich and like play with the simulation. So people wrote in were like, oh, well, everything's a simulation. There's not really a world. No, there truly is really a world. That was debunked. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm not as bought in on this. But listen, I wasn't as bought in on your time travel theory or alternate universe uh, last week either. So, you know, who knows? Uh, you, they, he could be right. <laughs> so something to keep in mind for everyone out there that never even imagined it. I, myself included, I never in a million years thought of anything like that. And then uh, my buddy Blake, who loves the theories and loves to research, just like we love to, uh, he you know, he said that's his favorite theory. And I'm like, wow, something, another one I've never even heard of. So we'll, <laughs> we'll watch and see, right? That's right. So, so uh, you know, th- it's interesting. So we've had a lot of really good monologues in this show uh, I mean already we're only in the second episode of season three but in the first show we talked about Elliot's monologue where he's walking around the city and talking about what they've done with the five nine hack and and how he wants to set things straight and all the lives he's ruined all that stuff this show starts off with another one of his little mini monologues and uh, you know I'm really paying attention to the words that he's using and what he's saying and in this one it starts off with him saying do you ever wish you could just hit undo and that's another clue to me where something 
it, whether it be a, a simulation, you know, people people might think of Control Z as the shortcut on a keyboard. So if they're in some kind of computer simulation, just hit undo. There's a clue. If we're talking about time travel or some kind of uh, parallel universe, maybe White Rose has has some kind of control over time. You know, hitting undo would would elude back to what Angela was saying in the last episode, what if we could fix everything? And so, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to pay attention to these keywords. Did that, when you heard that at the beginning of the episode, did anything like that cross your mind? It does. It does. But it also, I mean, you think about how, if you have this idea that I'm going to undo everything, it's, it's more of like a pipe dream. It's something that you're, um, it's, we don't get undo buttons in real life, you know, right? We have to face the consequences, So to me, this could be a dream that he's going through. He's dreaming about this. Or it could be a situation where, you know, we're seeing what could happen if he really was able to go back and change everything, including, you know, saving his parents' life or saving – you know other other people's lives as well, undoing all the all the all the all the mistreatment that he did, uh, and bringing down E Corp uh, in the previous season. So I mean, this could be one of those type of situations, and this could be another clue to that. But it could also just be you know him you know serving up the idea that hey I, I, you know I'm going to be the hero now. I'm going to be the hero I always thought I was going to be, and uh, you know un- undo. I'm going to right the wrongs. You know when we're first introduced to Elliot in season one in the premiere episode, you know he is he considers himself a white knight, right? He's the hero going in and you know telling um, and destroying people who he thinks are, are bad, right? So this is it could just be another one of his delusions uh, that he is uh, is going through. What a great introduction. I mean, we're jumping all the way back to season one, episode one here. But when he goes to that coffee shop and he meets with the guy, you have no idea what he's doing, why he's there. The owner of the company has no idea why he's there. And uh, just the way that he does that, and he does it because he wants to, not because he's working with the FBI or or doing anything. You know, he's he's this uh, high-level hacker that his J job is to, you know, is to protect companies from other cyber threats and hackers. But uh, he he enjoys also helping people in that way, and I think this this was a great callback to that. Uh, maybe kind of getting back to the old Elliot that we saw in season That's right. one. You're hitting the nail on the head. So so he starts his new job, and and there was some great music in this episode. And uh, you know, I I know that uh, you're an NXS fan. Is that I right? I am. I texted you. I was like NXS, <laughs> and, so, and they didn't just play like you know, a snippet of it. it, it continued. And I was like, okay, so new sensation. So the, the feeling that, uh, again, I think this, this, um, the show does it a very effective job of matching music to emotion. So what Ellie is feeling at this time, the, the sense of renewed, um, interest in like what he's doing, what he's carrying out, this new sensation that you get. Uh, I thought that was really paired well with the montage. Yeah, and and the interesting thing is we've talked about this before and you and I have talked about it outside of the podcast. Elliot is an unreliable narrator. He has been since season one. He certainly was in season two when he screwed us all over, uh, you know, completely thinking he was on this regiment and getting better and he was in jail. So you never quite know if you can trust him or not. And in the beginning, things seem happy. We're seeing Elliot actually enjoying life or so it seems. He has this new job. He's trying to hit the undo button, as he says. He's he's wants to make the world a better place. So we see him. He's got his uh, trunk club. He's got his Zoloft. He's got his 
That's got his right. new job at E Corp, and it's like rinse, wash, repeat. And, oh. and this is this is like the daily grind, but he seems happy doing it. It's like every day, it's like you know, Trunk Club, Zoloft, E Corp, and they just keep showing it over and over. It's- I love the camera work. You mentioned The Matrix, and we just reviewed The Matrix over at Shat the Movies, and it's almost like as if the Zoloft is a stand-in for the blue pill, right? He's yeah. talking about becoming – you know the that person that he always loathed, that he always hated. He, you know he's he's buying into society right now. He's he, he doing the subway and he's just looking at everyone as two dimensional emojis. And uh, you know, so uh, it would make sense that he would listen to a pop song like you know in excess, like New Sensation. You know, he's he's uh, cipher right. He wants to be plugged back into that system. Um, but while he's when he's in there. You know, he's he, that's his method. He's almost pretending to be one of these people. And the way that he can do that is by taking his Zoloft, is by wearing the clothes from Trunk Club, by, by becoming a, uh, if I could use a, a lift a 4chan word, he's becoming a normie, right? Yeah. Right. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see him assimilate back into society like that because we know him as the hoodie wearing, you know, at uh, All Safe. He didn't have to, to usually dress up in a suit or tie or anything. Maybe if he had some big meeting with executives, but he's the guy that you see from the cover. He's in that black hoodie, and and that's Elliot. And so it's really interesting to see him in the shirt and tie. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, he his 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 job. What he's trying to do, he's trying to work on this cleanup effort. And uh, right now, E Corp is scrambling because they have to get all their records digitized. They have to get all the the debt of everybody back in line, and and they're trying to clean up the big mess. And so what he's trying to do is he's trying to climb the ladder and go through his bosses and convince them not to be shipping these records all over the place because every time they ship this sensitive information across states they risk someone uh, you know jacking the truck and blowing it up whatever and uh, he has devised this plan that he says just digitize the records locally there's no problems uh, but it's not quite an easy task trying to convince his bosses of this is it well no and so so help me understand here so what he what he's avoiding is the loss of those records that he he wants exactly. okay all right but he is the one that is controlling those uh shipments going back just to the same places right yeah, so so what he's doing is he's hacking himself. The the whole reason, of course, that he got the job at Evil Corp, which is the last place you'd think you'd see him, is because he wants to fix his mess, but also he wants to be have control over the computers and the records. And so they, of course, are are trying to get all their paper records because all the digital stuff is wiped out from Five Nine, and E Corp needs all the uh, records to come in, and they need to be able to digitize them and get them back in some kind of system. But the, the threat is that uh, F Society slash uh, the Dark Army is going to blow up all the paper records. And once the paper records are gone, it's it's game over. So he doesn't want those shipped anywhere where they could be blown up, destroyed, caught on fire, you name it. And so uh, as they're trying to ship them in to have them all digitized at headquarters, he's actually hacking the shipping logs. And he's having them shipped uh, from <laughs> the same place to, to the same place, which right. is a great when you see the you know the driver you know call him ups whoever he works for for the record delivery yeah. he shows he shows up and he says you know i've got on the manifest that the destination is here i'm you know and it's not right and they it's just great writing and banter back and forth between these very, guys it's very good but also at the same time you said he's trying to you know he's he's trying to get to someone within the organization within the hierarchy that will buy into his plan and right and so as he's delivering 
uh, to you know his his immediate supervisors who are in. I, I think I also texted you at the same time. I was like, I hate fucking corporations. I hate yeah. big, nameless, faceless corporations with uh, with inept middle management. Right? Because that, you think they're trying to say something here right. with a corporate yeah, think, management? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, fucking. I, I love this show so much because have you you like there are so many bosses who are like that who don't give a yeah. shit. They'd rather be you know on their phone looking at you know fantasy they. Uh, their, their fantasy teams uh, for NFL or, you know, changing their lineup or they don't want to rock the boat or they're embezzling or, or, or trying to, you know, skim a little bit off the top and, and make uh, money. But I love how, like when he notices that again, it's his, it's his white knight flare up where he's like, well, I'm going to bring in the FBI about this. I'm going to uncover everything that they're doing wrong until I get to someone yeah. that is going to further my cause. And I thought that was a, uh, again, very well written, uh, well executed and uh for a show to to do that uh montage type sequence uh and yeah. really nail it um is is uh you know very difficult to do and to see them do to see mr robot pull that off effortlessly uh shows the oh, brilliance yeah. of this of, of this television series Absolutely. Never does this show appear to be preachy when they're trying to make a statement like that. It's so under the radar, and you can tell what they're trying to do, but they do it so masterfully. And and you're right, it is a big montage. This is all take place uh, taking place during the new Sensation song playing in the background. So you have Elliot, you know, Trunk Club Zoloft E Corp. You have him going to these bosses who are the the lower down bosses are rejecting his ideas. So he's uncovering things that they've done and getting them arrested, basically, so that he can get up to the next boss. And then uh, he's also also in the background. We have this shipping thing that's going on to buy him time, which I don't know if you caught it. It's so funny, but they're shipping the records to and from the same place. And so the guys are taking the stack of papers from the left side of the screen to the right side and they cut back and they're on the right side and they're shipping them to the left side. It's it's just just a little touch. Yeah, so good. So good. Uh, But. Go ahead. Oh, oh, but I love another thing they do with this scene, too, is they take a jab at companies. These are real things that have actually happened in in the media with these big companies. So the first boss that he goes to to try to pitch this plan is just this, you know, this guy is like, whatever, he's ignoring him. And so he finds out he finds out that this guy was in charge of installing root kits on people's cell phones that E-Corp uh, sells and so they're able to gather information and sell them to people so you know the FBI busts in and they arrest this guy then the next person he finds out has been faking diesel emissions I mean everybody knows that's Volkswagen that's a big you know sl- you know F you to Volkswagen because yep. they just got in huge trouble for that so he uncovers that with the second boss and then uh, the third boss uh, he goes to he pitches this and at this point he seems <clears throat> Pardon me. He seems tired. He seems. I. It sounded almost like he had a little cold. But he's been pitching this idea, and and he's kind of like, oh, no one's gonna buy this. What am I gonna have to find? What kind of dirt am I gonna uncover on this person? And she she thinks about it for a second, and she goes, okay, sounds good. We'll bring this up to the VP of technology. So yeah. it's like he finally gets it done. Um, and then during this whole montage towards the end, we see Elliot reading Reddit, which is just like a huge wink and nod to the people with the fan theories, to the fans that are all over Reddit, like we talked about. It right. was great. I mean, in a show like Mr. Robot that's so technology heavy, you can't ignore the fact that Reddit exists. And I just love that they actually put a real subreddit that you can go to right now uh, 
uh, they they put it on the show is actually an E Corp Reddit. It's called R slash Inside underscore E underscore Corp. So Inside E Corp, and uh, they've got a whole bunch of posts that are all backdated to 2015 when the show's supposed to take place. So it's it's a really cool tie-in. Oh, that's neat. And and again, I'm I. I won't visit it until we're done with uh, the season, but because uh, I, I just don't, I don't want to get, I, I don't want to get tainted. But now this, this is a, this is not this necessarily, is not necessarily okay. So user so interaction. Someone who, so is... someone who doesn't want to get spoiled by the show could go visit that that subreddit. Yes, exactly. This is uh, this is locked down, I believe. I do not think there's any kind of uh, current interaction on it. Um, I could be wrong there, but when I looked at it, it said that uh, uh, there's a great uh, uh, thread on here that's it's it's titled "Another E Corp Suit Bites the Dust," and uh, underneath it says, "Saw some jabroni get the pre- the perp walk through the lobby by the feds." How many does that make now? LOL. Only at E Corp. This was submitted two years ago by Office Drone Thirteen, and then uh, the discussion. There's only 18 comments, so I'm sure it's locked down it says ha guy was escorted right by my cube next guy what floor next person says 43rd ah the classic boardroom to penitentiary pipeline nice e-corp proud employee here any clue what they're arrested for next guy says been pretty tight-lipped uh next guy says porn probably okay so this is is very similar to like what westworld did with their um delos website to where people can go and uh, they can kind of interact with this, so it's like a multimedia experience. Yes, it's a, these oh, are clues. Okay. I'm sure that I'm sure that you could un- uncover some clues here. This is a, a completely an inside type thing, and again, it's not fans discussing any spoilers or theories. This is just something that uh, Mr. Robot created and worked with Reddit. I'm sure to do so. Check it out if you want. It's just kind of neat. You're actually seeing it's like a, it's supposed to be like a corporate intranet. So this is all the employees talking about these people getting taken away that Elliot's you know sending to jail. Got it. Perfect. Yep. Love it. So really, really neat. So, uh, but this is where we find out that things are not as they appear. So he's taken his Zoloff. He seems to be happy. He says he's changing the world, or at least he's trying to make things better. But then he basically ends up saying, I'm not really making that big of a difference. I'm not changing the world the way I wanted to. And so this is when we see that he's still going to meet with Krista, his therapist. He says he's lonely, and and it's clear that he's very unhappy. So, uh, you know, again, the unreliable narrator thing, he seemed great in the beginning, and uh, now he's he's in this deep state of depression. Um, And so what was really interesting here, and another clue that I think we cannot ignore, is he tells this story about making a snow man with his sister when he was younger and they made this snowman look like kevin McAllister from home alone they put the the hands on the face you know with the screaming scene that famous scene and uh and then he says oh this is the same day that my dad pushed me out the window and that's something that we knew about i think from season one i think we even saw a flashback of it happening um do you remember him actually telling krista about this in the show no i i don't okay i know that he I know that he tells the story, and again, it's mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've then I went back and watched season one. But sure, I think he tells the story, and then maybe just it, to us. I think just to us, and then it sh- and then they and then they show us right. They show yeah, us what really happens, right. So I don't know. Someone might have to to write us. I didn't. I didn't uncover that one before we recorded. But uh, but the main thing is that he swears that he told his therapist at some point about it. And so maybe it's a confusion that he was talking to us, the audience. But he thinks that he told Krista, and she's sure that she's never heard that story before. So that's another clue where it's like 
what's going on here? Is it just Elliot talking to someone who he thought was Krista? Or could there be, and I know this is a stretch, but could this be an alternate universe? Is this an Elliot that didn't tell that story to Krista? Do you think that that's even a possibility? I mean, it could be, but then why is Elliot also, why is Elliot in this alternate universe also, why did this also happen to him? Right? If it's an alternate universe, there might be something different about it. Sure. Or... there could be, you know, but the thing is, and this is the crazy part, you could do a whole podcast, and I love this stuff. I love movies that talk about time travel. I love the, you know, the butterfly effect or the back to the future alternate, uh, you know, alternate 1985. Which we're uh, living in right now. Right. It's like there's so many different theories with time travel. And so, Elliot, if this is some kind of an alternate universe, which I'm not saying I'm sure it is, but it's a possibility, this could be one of millions. And and you know this from watching Rick and Morty. I mean, right. that's a that's a, a comedy. That's a funny show. But it also is is a pretty smart show. And uh, you know that there could be this infinite universe of, of just slightly different things going on. So, you know, it, his life could be very similar. But uh, in this universe, he just doesn't say something to someone or maybe one little thing is different. You never know. That's true. That's true. Now, now, is this the what's also interesting? Is this the first time that Chris has ever met Mr. Robot? Uh, yes, I don't. She has never talked to Mr. Robot. And it's not this time. I think it's later on in the show okay. when he actually comes out. Um, so the beginning of the show, it's just him talking to her about his depression and the snowman story. But uh, no, uh, she has never actually talked with him. Elliot has only told her about him. Got it. But she knows about Mr. Uh, Robot and she knows. Okay, got it. Absolutely. Because she's talked about in the past, we've had him say, you know, I'm getting better and, uh, you know, I've got it under control. He's not coming out anymore. You know, so we've had discussions like that. Um, So we'll get there a little bit later. Um, The only other thing that I thought was odd, aside from the whole story thing and his confusion, was the imagery. I don't know the significance of this, but did you notice the whole office, there was like this red color theme going on where all the books on her bookshelf were very clearly red. Uh, There were some other things like lighting. I think she had a carpet that was red. I'm not sure what the symbolism could be there. Reddit. Yeah, Reddit. No, no. no um, <laughs> you got it. No, but this is supposed to be her home office, right? And have we ever have we ever met with Krista in her home office? Uh, no, I don't. You know, I don't think so because I've never seen this. Uh, I've never seen this setting, so I believe this would be the first time. So, all right. So you have red, red books. You have red carpet. I don't know. I mean, it does seem to me like a deliberate choice. Oh, clearly, yeah. I mean, because there's no way that a show like this would put something that striking. I mean, the red is so apparent. And I don't know if it's just, I mean, usually Mr. Robot does things a little more complex than this, but you think of red as the color of passion. Uh, it's a very emotional color. It's a strong color. Um, but, you know, there's, there may be some smarter meaning that we're not picking up on, but I just feel like it's something where we're going to go back and say, oh, that's what that meant. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's how this show is. We'll have to see. But uh, anyway, uh, he leaves his therapy session, and uh, after we cut to a commercial break, if you watch the show live, uh, it's funny. uh, You actually do get some commercials where they're talking about uh, eCoin, which is this new currency, or not necessarily new, but it's you know, E-Corp controls everything. And so they have their own cyber currency. And so there's actually a commercial for, for E-Coin, which I thought was really funny that they put that in without the, uh, they put it in among all the regular commercials. That's right. 
But we come back from commercial break, and we're on one of these uh, talk shows, like a Fox News-type talk show. And who is it but Joanna Wellick? So she's back, um, everyone's favorite, hottest wife on the show. Uh, we haven't seen her yet, and so uh, I was very happy to see her back. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure she'll be around for a long time, right? And good to have her back. Yeah, uh, yeah. so she was Tyrell's <laughs> wife. Yes, she, okay. she and she still is because she filed for divorce during the last season when everything crazy was going on. She was getting all the weird phone calls. Tyrell was missing. Um, she started uh, cheating on him with this bartender, and she was doing all the crazy stuff with, with his former coworkers. And so she actually put in for a divorce, but we find out on this show that uh, she has now proven Tyrell's innocence. Um, that bartender, his name is Derek, actually corroborated her story. So now, uh, you know, th- there's saying that uh, he's free, not free necessarily, but that he's uh, been cleared of this murder charge, and uh, she says she has now tried to revoke that uh, filing for divorce. So she just wants her husband to come home. And this, and the the bar, it was the bartender, the the one that she was sleeping with, and she mm-hmm. would uh, she would basically do uh, is it BDM BDM. BDSM? Uh, yeah, like yeah, BDSM. I, she was like, she was into she, some. She was doing stuff. some. Uh, she yeah. was doing some uh, gray. Fifty shades. Fifty yep. shades. Thank you. She was yep. doing some of that, that kind of stuff. Um, he is not upset, or I mean, he is very upset that she has called this off. Yeah, absolutely. Because I basically, if you remember, I mean, that season two is so good, and and I mean, season one is fantastic uh, because you see that whole Tyrell and Joanna dynamic. But I also think in season two, you get some great scenes and all the stuff that she's doing while Tyrell is away and you see how manipulative she is. And so clearly she's using Derek, but Derek is like that puppy that's following her around and, mm-hmm. and he's in love with her. And of course, she says she loves him and, and she's going to get this divorce. And so he thinks they're going to be together, which is so, you know, clearly as the audience looking in, we're like, yeah, this poor guy, that's never going to happen. And uh, yeah, he's very upset by her saying she's calling off the divorce. And that's when we get him tailing her and her driver in, uh, in the limo. That's right. Now, I don't I see. I mean, I listen, I've been in relationships where I've been way more into the girl than mm-hmm. than, you know, they were into me. And when they called it off, yeah, it hurt. But you don't do creepy things like follow them and like you know stalk out their house and stuff like that. Like that's just weird. Um, Yeah, most people don't, and uh, that's that's one of those things where it's like as a sane person, you look at it and you go, yeah, that's not helping your situation. If you're trying to get her back, if if you're if you think you're actually going to be with someone, probably uh, stalking them is not the way to do it. To be fair, Joanna's pretty hot though, and Uh, that's an understatement. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I, I mean literally, I think she's a playboy model i That's think right. not that i've oh, researched really? but okay, okay. uh oh i don't know i've heard oh okay all right well i've heard it's the go. word on the street Got but uh, uh there may or may not be some google images but anyway she's a very lovely woman right. uh and uh derek uh decides that he's going to stalk her and uh you know she she has this driver that she had that we've seen in previous seasons and he pulls over uh she has her her newborn baby with her and he pulls the the car over he sees that this guy is stalking them and he's like dude beat it you're never going to be with her and and you know he gives gives the you know the crazy crazy uh scorned speech we've seen a million mm-hmm. times about you know oh I, we were gonna be together i and, love you, you know. yeah yeah, yeah. L- 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 word of tip for everybody roger roper uh never do that to a girl that will never <laughs> work never, right? never never ever will that work 
Zero times out of ten. Zero, Will zero, that work? Yeah, zero out of a hundred. <laughs> this has been uh, Love Line with that's Roger right. Roper. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so, so anyway, he, he gets, uh, back into his car and, uh, it ends up that our buddy Derek here has a gun. So what else do we need but a, uh, scorned lover with a gun and he ends up shooting the driver and then he takes a shot and he shoots, shoots our poor Joanna right in the middle of her eyes and, uh, blood everywhere. That poor baby, you know, that poor, poor baby. Yeah. So the baby is fine, but baby's fine. Just messy. The driver um in is is not dead though yes uh you know it looked like he may be dead he wasn't moving uh derek goes in he shoots joanna and then all of a sudden we get the camera goes back uh, you hear a gunshot and the driver has shot derek dead so what it ends up uh what we end up seeing is that the baby's okay joanna's dead rest in peace and uh the driver's gonna make a recovery but uh, not so much derek he's a goner yeah so this is again i think this leads credence because why would they kill off a, a major character like joanna you know in the second episode if, yeah, I again, I think this this uh, we oh God, we're gonna look back at the season. If we are totally wrong, we're gonna be like, what were we thinking? But you're thinking alternate. But I'm thinking alternate. Timeline. I'm thinking alternate yeah. timeline. When Joanna shows up later on mm-hmm. in the season, and it's gonna be like a completely different set of scenarios. I think you're yeah, gonna. Great. I I think I think that's what we're gonna see. If, you know, it's it's so funny because, like you said, we could be so wrong and, and my theory could just be completely off the wall here. But on the off chance and the, you know, one out of a hundred that we're right, it's going to feel so good. It's going to feel when good. Our, right, won't it? Yeah, totally. I am, I am not too proud to say that I will gloat. Right. There you go. So uh, hop on board the crazy train right. here. But we're, we're going on a, on a wild ride with some uh, alternate universes. But uh, yeah, so Joanna's dead. So it was like, hooray, she's back. And then, oh, you know, yeah. she's gone. Oh, man. Um, but you know what? Uh, we did prove a theory from last week, correct? Uh, we go to uh, Darlene and two FBI agents. None other than one of them is none other than Dom. And uh, we find out that yes, Darlene is working with the FBI. She is a CHS, which I've never heard of that. Uh, you know, of that acronym before. It stands for Confidential Human Source. Uh, usually, they just call them an informant or uh, undercover or well, something. I, I just love the fact that Darlene's like no bullshit. She's like. Can you fucking talk like a human just for once? Right. Like, I don't know how you people fucking talk. Like, what is CHS? Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was – I love how the show um, – like, it doesn't over-explain stuff, but stuff that, like, an audience may need a little explanation for, they they go about it in a right way of, you know, a main character asking, like, well, you know, just cut the bullshit. Let's, right. You know, let's, let's figure this out. Versus a uh, – you know, uh, what other shows or other movies will do is they'll introduce an acronym or something like that. And then there'll be like a smart guy that like has v- no other role other than to explain that to the audience. Like, uh, <laughs> right. Like, you know what show does that all the time? CSI, CSI Miami or like any right. of those CSI shows. They're they're like when they're in the lab and they're like toxicology reports. What is, you know, so anyway. 
Yeah, that's a professor exposition. That's right. Prof- that, is that is that what it's called? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go. no, no, it's it's this show again. We've said it before. We'll say it again. It's a very smart show. Um, you know, I believe last season. I I could be wrong on this one. I don't know if you know, but I believe that last season all the episodes were written and directed by Sam Esmail, the creator. And uh, this guy is is a bright guy. And this this episode and the premiere are the same way, written and directed by Sam Esmail. Mm-hmm. He is a smart guy, and so I love the way. Way he writes i uh, love the way that he writes these dialogues uh the inner dialogues and monologues by elliot but also the characters because these are real people when, when darlene says something that like that like what is chs i don't know what that is you know they're using their fancy acronyms and she's us she's the audience like right. to just speak like a, you're not a robot right the show's called mr robot but right. it's like you people are talking like robots so yeah they they we, she says that uh dom tells her you know you're this confidential human source uh and we do find out out that just like we talked about last week her goal is to clear Elliot by getting Tyrell implicated so she's wearing a wire she's trying to get information out of Elliot and of course when we were back at the 1984 uh, that uh, gaming gaming tournament uh, that is who she called in the bathroom uh, about the Dark Army Dom so we know that uh, we find out they've been working together about six weeks and that incident was five weeks prior to the scene so a little bit of time has passed but uh one thing that uh, I think the important thing to take away from this scene, other than they're working together, is that Darlene completely believes that Elliot has not talked to Tyrell. She doesn't believe that he has ever been working with Tyrell. And Dom pulls up this evidence. He pull, she pulls up this recording, and it is when Elliot was in jail. And you get the, you know, of course, like we've said before, you get the bonsoir Elliot. It's Tyrell speaking to him. Mm-hmm. But as we know, Darlene doesn't know this, and the FBI doesn't know this, uh, but uh, that's Mr. Robot, right? So right. Tyrell was working with Mr. Robot. Elliot has these split personalities. So, uh, you know, they seemingly have him dead to rights on a recording, but Elliot doesn't even know he had that conversation right. with Tyrell. Right. And so Darlene is really trying to protect her brother here. She is, right? But, but does she know that Ty, when Tyrell on the recording, does she know that that is not Elliot? I don't think I don't think she does, but I think she's figuring it out because clearly, as we know from season one, Elliot is Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot is the leader of F Society. So therefore, Elliot is the leader of F Society. Uh, the guy making all these recordings is, is you know, we saw it as Mr. Robot with the mask on, but come to find out it was actually Elliot. So she knows she's been working with Elliot, but I think that she's starting to figure out that the Elliot, her brother, is not the same person pulling off all these, uh, you know, all the F Society stuff. Now, does does Darlene, Darlene <coughs> knows about, um, she knows about the White Rose uh, and, and, and um, oh God, help me out here, sorry. Yeah, with the I mean the dark army stuff. Dark she's... army. She, she knows all about that. Who is she yes. trying to? Does the is she trying to bring down the dark army with the help of the FBI? Um, I think you know. I think the the thing is is like we talked about last episode. At the end of season two, you've got that whole board and Elliot's at the center of it uh, as running this operation. Then you've got Darlene and you've got Angela and you've got their whole crew that we saw in season two. I think she's just trying to clear their name and so so the the you know the best 
the best evidence she can present is that it's really the dark army. It's like when when they talk about uh, you know the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you really want to bust a bunch of guys with some dime bags, or do you want to bust the guy that's trucking in tons of marijuana, uh, you know, over or into the country, right? So right. I think what she's going to try to do here is say, you know what? We've got this little operation. We're really not threat. Obviously, the Dark Army, and we know that they've got some crazy stuff going down. Um, these are the guys that you want to go after. So that's her goal. Clear Elliot, clear herself, and implicate the Dark Army. Yep. Got it. So the next scene that we get to here, um, I, I titled this section, The Price is Wrong, Bitch. Uh, you know, one, one of my favorite lines <laughs> oh, from Happy love it. Gilmore. Love it. Rest, uh, rest in peace, Bob Barker. Right? Um, you know, uh this is uh, we haven't seen Philip Price, but Philip Price is the head of uh, Evil Corp, and he is giving a speech. He's at some kind of a summit, and he's talking to a huge audience. and And uh, there's this thing called the Five Nine Economic Accord. Basically, I take it that it's some kind of a plan to recover from the travesty and and to rebuild. And what he's pitching is that Ecoin be the official currency of. I'm guessing not only the United States, I'm thinking the world, yeah, right? They're, they want they're definitely trying to create a, a world currency. Yeah, and uh, they say, uh, you know, they bring in some real-life stuff here. They're talking about the problem is, is that China is a holdout. Obviously, China has a very big relation and economic impact when it comes to dealing with the U.S., and China is supporting Bitcoin. So this does not make Price happy. And after the summit, he goes and he talks to Zhang, who is the same as White Rose. We've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Zhang is uh, the head of security for China. Uh, But then, you know, when he's doing his hacker stuff for the Dark Army, he's known as White Rose. So uh, this is Zhang and he's meeting with him. And, you know, he basically says that they've got I didn't really fully understand what the deal was, but you're led to believe that in 11 days there's going to be a big U.N. vote. Uh, I thought they said annex the Congo. Is that what they said? They they definitely said annex the Congo. So America is basically allowing allowing China to annex the Congo if they in turn accept ecoin as the currency of, mm-hmm. of the world yeah and so you get some really great acting from bd wong i mean bd wong is is fantastic but i mean once again we get some great lines from him and he is not afraid of price he you know they've been working together you see you saw them in previous seasons when they're like in the the club or you know whatever it is that the, they're you know drinking their scotch and smoking cigars and they're kind of doing their evil evil laugh together trying to rule <laughs> the world but in this scene it shows you that they are not friends they each have their own agendas and uh you know zhang straight up tells price he says your success will always follow mine and then he has this other great line i've never heard anyone say this line before he says don't mistake my generosity for generosity um yeah <laughs> It's like so powerful. It's so simple, but basically saying like, you know, don't mistake this. It looks like I'm being generous, but I'm not like, screw you. Yeah. I think so. my parents use that same um, theory of parenting. Oh, did they? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't enjoy that birthday gift a little bit too much. Don't, don't, yeah. don't mistake our generosity for generosity. You're going to be well, mowing the lawn for the next 10 weeks. You're going to earn that. <laughs> right. Video game. Well, well, I don't want to uh, bring back repressed memories. Oh, my gosh. Bring, oh, they've all wanna, come to the surface. <laughs> I, I don't want to bring back Mr. Rajbot, so <laughs> we'll right. just move on here. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, Zhang alludes to Price that he's working with Angela, and he knows all about their dealings. So in the last season, of course, Angela went to work with E Corp, and she had this close relationship with uh, Price, and so uh, she knew about some of the shady dealings, and uh 
Zhang basically says, I've never let this be known before, but I know all about that. I know everything that you're up to. And basically says, Angela's working with us now, so screw you, buddy. We've we've got the, the upper hand. So uh, Price does not seem too happy about that. No, no. He um, he was pretty pissed off at the whole interaction. And um, it's just uh, – it's like who do you root for in this situation? Right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean – uh, obviously, we're going to get into it, but uh, Zhang and, and White Rose in China are up to some crazy stuff. But then you have E Corp, also known as Evil Corp. They are just pure evil. But, uh, you know, Elliot even alludes to it in this episode, though. It's like the lesser of evils. That's right. Evil Corp made, he's always looked at Evil Corp as this evil corporation. Uh, which it you know, is. Like, which it which is. It is. But it's like there's worse people out there, and so maybe he can lessen the evil by working there and and kind of cleaning house. So um, it's interesting that even he, of all people, are starting to see Evil Corp as maybe the lesser of evils out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we go to uh, Elliot's birthday party, which uh, you know, not too big of a celebration. Yeah, you know, Elliot is a bit a bit of a loner, <laughs> but uh, say, it's Elliot isn't really. I mean, the, the cool thing that I, I mean. I don't want to jump ahead here, but he does seem he does get a prize. He does get a present that uh, is is probably one of the better presents if it's going to be around your birthday. Sure, absolutely. But uh, the the main thing is is that it's his birthday. He goes to talk to Darlene, and, and and Darlene is basically like, you know, you told me to screw off. Like, I'm surprised you're even talking to me. And and he ends up saying, uh, oh, and he, a- he asks her about the memory. And I think the reason why he asks her if she remembers the Kevin McAllister snowman is to make sure this thing was real and that he's That's not right. crazy. Like, this really happened. And she says, yeah, of course. Do you want to talk about it? And he says, no, no you know, whatever. But she's getting ready to go, and he says, stay with me. I, I don't want to be alone, you know, alluding back to what he tells us earlier. He's lonely. Uh, you know, I think that also is trying to say that he's had this crazy alter ego of Mr. Robot. But, you know, that was his father. That's how he crafted this image of, of Mr. Robot, because that was the company his father worked for and owned. And, uh, you know, at least he had him. And now with him kind of suppressing that Mr. Robot, he's all alone. He doesn't have anybody. But it's true to his character, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Elliot didn't seem like he ever really had I mean that's why a lot of people create alternate um, personalities if you will Mm -hmm. we're all fucking crazy or imaginary friends or imaginary Mm -hmm. friends or you know pseudonyms that they use for their Twitter and podcast Mm -hmm. accounts and those people are those people are crazy but they're also probably all crazy I I, (laughs) they're the craziest those people with the pseudonyms that's That's right that's right but um, but yeah no I mean this is it's showing a little bit of vulnerability and you know is it that he's off his meds he's not taking a zoloft or is the zoloft having a profound effect on elliot like i don't feel like elliot really would have cared in the past that it was his birthday now while all of a sudden is he caring yeah, absolutely. So uh, Darlene ends up staying with him. Uh, I believe she also earlier in the scene she says that she's going. Does she say she's going upstate? Mm, I missed that. So she says she says that she's leaving. She's going upstate, which also going upstate. I mean, that's what, that's another word for going to jail, right? When they say like up the going river up, or going, going upstate, upstate. right? Um, so I'm taking it as she's maybe thinking that either she isn't going to get sufficient evidence. Uh, it's been six weeks now. They have nothing on Tyrell. They're either going to put her in jail or she's not going to give up Elliot and, and she's protecting him, like you said earlier. So maybe she think, thinks that she's going to go to jail. But he says, stay the night with me. Uh, but when in the morning she, she wakes up and she's going to leave or in the middle of the night and Elliot catches her behind his computer. So 
obviously, I mean, the thought there is that she's putting some kind of a tap or some kind of a bug on his computer for the FBI. Um, you know, I thought, and we'll, we'll get to this and where it goes, but during this scene, I'm like, Elliot is not stupid. Like, if, if no. he sees someone behind his computer, and I think she says, like, what, she's looking for her key or something? What does she say? She gives some lame yeah, excuse. Yeah, like, well, and, and obviously at this particular point, like, Elliot immediately goes to his defense mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, uh, she's like, I'm not doing anything. And uh, he, he freaks out uh, and, and he turns into Mr. Robot. And uh, it, the, the switch is so cool. And I, you know, I have to give so many props to, we've talked about the writing, Sam Esmail. Uh Rami Malek is amazing. Uh, his acting is great. Uh, but, you know, aside from the music choices they've made this episode, actually the music composer, uh, you know, he is fantastic. And the the music of Mr. Robot, really that, that kind of cyberpunk mm-hmm. uh, soundtrack that has been throughout all three seasons, uh, the guy responsible for the music, he's Matt Quayle. And so he's kind of the... Uh, Raymond, how do you say his name? Raymond Dualdi. Raymond Dualdi. Okay, Raymond Dualdi, who's who's responsible for Game of Thrones. He he does an amazing amazing work over there. Game of and Thrones so, and Westworld. And Westworld, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the guy responsible for all that great uh, player piano music and and everything. Uh, but Matt Quayle is him for USA for Mr. Robot oh, yeah. and you got to give this guy credit because his music really sets the tone uh, during the hacking scenes. Again, when you get that cyberpunk, just amazing music to set the tone. And uh, the same is, is true during this scene. And so you get the transformation and it's Elliot uh, on one side. I could see it as it was happening. I knew exactly what they were going to do. Such a great shot, but Elliot basically has Darlene up against the wall and the camera is panning behind his head and you get the transition to Mr. Robot. And so, this is where I think that she really, where it really clicks for her and where she understands that, you know, there's two separate people here and that Elliot uh, is a completely different person when he's Mr. Robot. And, and she knows that she's not dealing with Elliot when, you know, when he's acting like this. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, so, yeah, so he, he, you know, he gives the, uh, the crazy Mr. Robot speech and, 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 uh, you know, uh, he basically scares her you know she says he's just kind of freaked out and uh uh, she ends up leaving um but uh this is when uh he goes to see krista right Uh, i think it's the next scene where he goes and talks to krista after this and he says that mr robot came back and and uh this is another just chilling scene and amazing uh acting from rami malik and uh and sound mixing too because it's really creepy the way they do it but krista has him sat down and she says you know i've never met him before and uh she is actually able to talk to him and call out mr robot and they do this super creepy voice layering thing where elliot's talking and then all of a sudden it's christian slater talking on top and they're both talking one over another as he comes out i mean i just thought it was so creepy and so great what do you think I again, I was amazed because I didn't even realize that this was the first time that Mr. Robot had met Krista. Um, but it does it, it, again. We've seen split personalities come out. I, I have. We talked about this last episode. I have yet to see the, the movie Split that was out by Shyamalan. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But from what I understand, uh, um, oh gosh, I don't, he's not James Franco. James um, McAvoy. Ma- James McAvoy. Uh, he's an amazing actor, and he mm-hmm. can pull off that dual uh, personality. I, I caught um, uh, Primal Fear with Ed Norton. 
Ed Norton. And yeah. when when he can uh, switch and change the characters, um, this is a little bit different because obviously it's uh, it's uh, two different actors. But Ed Norton in Fight Club with Brad Pitt, you know, mm-hmm. when when they do that switch, when he realizes that he is. Uh, you know, he is Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is him, or the narrator is Tyler Durden, and Tyler Durden is him. Um, spoiler alert for yeah, Fight Club. Spoiler alert again. <laughs> it's a, what is that? Eighteen-year-old movie? I mean, come right. on. What is was ninety-eight or ninety-nine? Ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, if you haven't seen Fight Club, um, but yeah, no. I again, we've the point that I'm making is we've seen this done before, mm-hmm. so you have to do something different, or 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 do it very effective and uh for them to um to use that uh uh in such a manner and still pull it off and have us be like yeah they fucking nailed it again it's the brilliance of this show yeah and we talked about it a little bit last time but i love the way they do it you mentioned it uh when he turns into mr robot we see elliot and then the camera does uh, a camera trick or cuts away and then it cuts back to christian slater so they actually show two different people but i love that they keep going back and showing it turn into elliot or turn back into mr robot so we get the sense that everyone else is seeing elliot of course because it's not like his body transforms he always looks like elliot Mm -hmm. but they do a great job of cutting back to clips where they're taking place in the same scene but christian slater for just like a couple seconds they'll show a clip of him as elliot and then it cuts to the other person and goes back to to christian slater talking so they do they they keep things straight uh but they also allow both these actors to do their thing so we get to see some great acting in the show now mr robot surprised elliot uh you are you talking about uh oh um this is actually um when Chris is talking to him, because again, this is their introduction, uh, Mr. Robot is surprised that Elliot still calls him Mr. Robot. So right. the two of them do not communicate, right? So, uh, they, and they haven't been recently since Elliot's been suppressing him and, and not talking to him for a while. And so, uh, you know, Christian Slater is great. And he basically is like, when Chris is saying, Oh, you're Mr. Robot. And he's like, is that what he still calls me? And he basically thinks it's silly because again, uh, Elliot's father, that's where we're getting the image image of of mr robot from and he owned the company the computer shop mr robot so he's like oh he still calls me that um (laughs) but but uh chris is basically trying to get into mr robot's head and try to understand this person and he's not having any of it and the the conversation is just frustrating him and uh he says we've been compromised and so I'm not really sure what that means yet, um, right. other than the fact that uh, he may be on to the FBI and, and Darlene and all that. But he says that we've been compromised, and he's getting angry with Krista, and he says, I'm done talking with you. And uh, it's just a really creepy scene again. And I, again, uh, the actress that's playing Krista, I mean, kudos to her because she looks genuinely confused and frightened, and <laughs> she just does a great job in this scene of dealing with Mr. Robot. And then he goes and sits down and the camera goes back to him and it's Elliot in the chair. And, you know, he asks, are we going to begin yet? So it just shows you he is completely disconnected from anything that happens as Mr. Robot. That's true. That's true. Now, uh, my favorite part of the uh, of the show is uh, when the dog shows back up. It's uh, 
Krista's – I think she broke up with the guy, right? It's not her fiancé? I hope so. That guy was always a jerk and so yeah. uh, you never felt quite too bad for – I mean that's obviously why Elliot did what he did uh, with hacking his information and, and taking the dog and everything. Um, but yeah, I believe he is the ex and he runs into him in the stairwell as he's going home. Yeah, and uh, he, he shows up and he's got the dog that you know put Elliot in jail. I'm a dog owner. I own two rescue puppies, uh, approximately the same size as uh, the dog. Um, but the guy is just such a dick. He's like, I fucking hate this dog. Mm-hmm. Vet bills are costing me a fortune, and, and he pisses all over the rug and in the in the in the living room or whatever. Um, but I, I feel like the dog is doing that because he hates this fucking guy. I know, right? I mean, so, first, it's always disheartening, first of all, when you hear someone um, verbally attacking a dog like that, because, right. of course, the dog doesn't want to do these things. I mean, aside from if, if they're trying to do it to punish some terrible human being. But, right. you know, if the dog is having medical issues, the dog obviously doesn't want to be in pain. He doesn't want to have these issues. He's an innocent creature. So it's always so hard to hear someone talk like that about how the dog is being worthless and destroying the, the apartment and everything. Um, but, but, yeah, he ends up saying that he hates the dog. And uh, he ends up giving it to Elliot. So happy ah, birthday, happy after Happy birthday, all. Elliot. Yes, you get the dog. And I feel like the dog and Elliot got along great. And that's that's what Elliot needs. Yeah, I, I'm with you, though. I feel like when he has the dog, like, there's going to be no bathroom problems. There's going to no, be absolutely. no issues. It's yeah. this jerk. He probably leaves him in the apartment for 15 hours a day without being let out. You know, he's probably... Just you know, he's a big jerk. So I think you can tell Different. you can tell a lot by a person by how a, a dog reacts to him. Yep, absolutely. Um, so uh, this is this is the scene uh, as as we're wrapping up the episode here. Uh, we get, we go to the FBI. We see that uh, Dom is going to the safe house. We haven't seen this before, and she's meeting up with a with a fellow FBI agent. And uh, the the we find out that they have or they think that they've bugged Elliot. So our suspicions were true. Uh, Darlene was putting some kind of a bug on Elliot's computer, which was obvious. And uh, this is where back then when it happened, I'm like, no way Elliot's stupid enough to think that she wasn't doing something. So uh, we're going to find out what's going on there. But we cut back to Zhang briefly, and uh, he's talking to his assistant. Uh, This is, of course, sometime shortly after the price meeting, and he tells his assistant that stage two is going to go through on the day of the the UN vote about the whole Annex the Congo deal. And he says, no matter what the outcome is. So meaning if, if price plays ball or not, Zhang is going to carry out stage two, which is a colossal, I mean, disaster for the United States and uh, obviously shows that Zhang has some cards up his sleeves and some some motives that we're not even aware of yet. Uh, but that was a big surprise here because we thought that that uh, they were kind of working together. But he has some some plan that that we don't even know what is going on. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is the one thing where. <sighs> Regardless of the conversations that he has with Price, I mean, they're the Dark Army. Is the Dark Army working in conjunction with China, or do you think Zhang has gone off the reservation and kind of doing his own thing? I see. I think Zhang is a front. I think Zhang is White Rose's access to power, to money, to computers. Um, you know, access to people like Price. I think that that's the front. I think the Dark Army is is solo. I think that they are on their own doing some crazy plan, whether it be something like uh, trying to take over the currency or trying to take over the world by, um, you know, destroying the government and coming to power or creating alternate universes. I don't know what they're up to. Oh, God. This is so crazy. It is, right? I love the show. 
I know it's great. Uh, so, so that was the big bombshell. There is that we've got stage two going through, no matter what, unless Elliot can stop them. Uh, Elliot, you are our only hope. Uh, but, but uh, cut back to the FBI again. The last scene here, uh, they're talking. We get we get another musical reference. We get the uh, one week song. So yeah, with uh, the bare naked ladies. Yeah, yeah uh, he he kind of Rick rolls her. So it was a really funny scene where uh, he says, "Hey, we got we got audio from Elliot's apartment," and she goes, "You got clean." audio and he holds his phone up and it's one week so i just it was great that's so good um, so but but you know and she's just kind of like you know a jerk whatever uh but he he shows he shows a computer screen and he says hey we got elliot you know uh you know basically saying like yeah darlene was able to to bug the computer and this knucklehead went ahead and he uh tried to contact tyrell and sent all this secret information that we decoded um i don't know if you caught this at all but are you a fan of the movie hackers at all. I, I, you know, we were supposed so we did hacker movies uh, choices. Okay. Hackers was going to be one of them, but the Matrix won. So I haven't seen Hackers oh. in forever. Oh my gosh! If you ever do a Hackers episode and you want to revisit, please have me on. I, I will. love it so much. I, I love it. Um, so anyway, uh, Hackers is just a ridiculous movie from the '90s about what hacking is, and uh, <laughs> they, they, you know, all the hacking is like super visual. So whereas Mr. Robot is so realistic with command lines, they show what version of Linux they're using. I yeah. mean, Mr. Robot's on top of it. Hackers is like they hack visually, like every computer system is like a city of buildings. So it looks like they're like floating through buildings <laughs> made of code. It's like Jurassic. <laughs> it's like Jurassic Park. Oh, this is a Unix system. <laughs> yeah. Oh like my gosh! Fruit. I know this. I know this. Yeah, that's that's what people in the '90s thought hacking was: is that you would get in there and it would look exactly like the world that you live in now. <laughs> With the uh, yeah, like Jurassic Park, they're going through buildings and they're literally that's just right. clicking on buildings. Uh, but uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he didn't say the magic word. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Damn it, Nedry. Uh, but uh, but anyway, back to hackers real quick. So uh, this, I don't know if Sam Esmail is a hackers fan or just just homage to the to the people watching the show and the Reddit community and whatnot. But uh, the email address actually uh, is is an homage to hackers. Uh, the uh, Fisher Stevens plays a character who uh, his name is Eugene Belford, but he goes by hacker pseudonym the Plague, and so. Mm. The email is actually like from uh, Eugene Belford, or no, it's from the plague with an email address, and then it's like to Eugene Belford. So it's clearly an homage, and I love it. Love it. Uh, so they threw that in there, but uh, you know, aside from my love of this uh, campy movie, the important thing here is Dom is like, "Wait a minute, you downloaded this file?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, you know, sh- what an idiot! He uh, he sent this, and I I was able to decrypt it and encode it, and uh, sh- you know, and, and Dom knows what's up here. And all of a sudden, you hear something like from from downstairs in the safe house, and uh, you know, she's basically like, "You're an idiot, Elliot." Elliot knew exactly what Don was up. Or I'm sorry, what Darlene was up to. He's not a moron, and so he has them right where he wanted them. He was actually able to use this file that they opened up. Um, I'm not sure exactly what he did, but uh, he either like traced the IP address or did some kind of location services based on this file. He basically gave them some kind of a virus or or some kind of a phishing scheme to get their information. But uh, the the end of the show shows us uh, the surveillance footage, and there he is, Elliot, just walking around the first floor of the safe house. That's right. End in show. So it's going to yeah. be great. It's going to be oh, great. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so it's it's, it's so good. I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes uh, with with uh, Elliot there. Like, what is he going to do? Is he going to confront them? Uh, is he going to you know? Are they going to leave? Abandon the safe house? Like, what are they going to actually do with him there? I I don't think we've we've never seen Dom interact with Elliot. So this is going to be an interesting uh, scene next episode, or at least hopefully we get some interaction next episode. Yep, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I do have to say one thing, uh, you know, again, I, I do like to go on Reddit and see some of these reactions after the show airs. And I thought that you'd get a kick out of this. I, there's, there's a user, uh, the user is fear the muggles and uh, yeah. And, and he wrote this, this line, uh, <laughs> about, uh, the baby in reference to that baby that was uh, left alive in the shooting in the limo. But he says, Joanna and Tyrell's baby is half Wellick, half Targaryen, Azora high confirmed. <laughs> I just, I'm just like, what? So great. It's so good. So yeah, excellent episode. What'd you think? Um, definitely a very strong episode. Again, I'm in the midst of ha- of going back and rewatching uh, all the seasons. I probably won't finish before this one, but uh, I love doing that because uh, just like Game of Thrones, you pick up on things. You're like, oh my god, like they're referencing this scene in you know such and such episode three seasons ago um and i love that as the show is progressing it's not forgetting to drop those little easter eggs um along the way yeah it's great and this is such a deep show there's so much to take in whether it be the symbolism just the fantastic acting all the stuff going on behind the scenes or especially stuff related to the twists it's like going back and watching a movie you mentioned fight club i think i've mentioned the prestige before it's great to see films and television shows that uh you know have all these clues hiding in plain sight and so upon rewatch you get all the little subtle clues and you go you kick yourself i mean of course most people aren't going to notice it but when you know you kick yourself like how did i not see that how did i not put this together and uh, mr robot is one of those fun ones uh, i think to go back and watch not only because there's so many strong performances and, and such strong writing but because it's fun to go back and see what all these characters were doing and and it makes a little more sense upon every rewatch exactly exactly so yeah, uh, any any uh, additional thoughts? Any did did this episode change anything for you? Affirm anything or any any new predictions? <laughs> I mean, this? just that this. I think you know. Again, um, there's a. I, I keep using the sliding doors reference. I know there's another like butterfly effect, but there's uh, you know all these movies that you know have. Uh, uh, what you know, Broad City just did an episode um, this season where you know they show what would have happened. You know, had Abby and. Um, Oh God! What's Abby and uh, anyway the two girls, the main the broads in Broad City? Uh, what would happen if they didn't meet? What would their lives have been like? You know, it, it, it's a Wonderful Life kind of situation, the alternate mm-hmm. universe. I think that they're doing that uh, here in the show. Um, so for that, I think that that's what changed uh, for me. Do you think if this if this season and totally just uh, you know theorizing here, but if this entire season does something like? I don't know, Elliot wakes up and it's like where he was in the first episode at the beginning. If this was all not necessarily a dream, but an alternate universe, a simulation, do you think that people would just totally lose their minds and and just like rage quit the show? Like, could they pull off something where none of this is actually real? I don't think so. They've got such a built-in audience and I don't think it would be a fuck you to the audience because how long did it take for people to, to figure out that he was in jail, right? And, right. and, like, if people didn't give up on the show after 
the first season with the unreliable narrator and the fact that he is Mr. Robot, they're not going to they're not, they're not going to they're not going to do because they fucking told you they were doing it. Like why <laughs> else would they have you know, you talk about the professor. Why else would they have nuclear engineers joking about multiple universes in episode one of season three if they weren't going to do that? Right. So you can't get mad at a show for doing that. No. Well, I like we've said it before. I'm on board with, with Sam Esmail, what he's what he's done so far. I I'm going to follow him to where where he goes and takes <laughs> us. I cannot wait to see because, again, this show is nuts. It's so good. And there's so many possibilities here. So I am I am at the edge of my seat week to week. Did anything change for you? No, other than the fact that my crazy theory doesn't seem so crazy with all these no, little hints. I mean, and again, I think it's it's like one of those things where you put your you might maybe I have my blinders on or you know, I'm trying to convince myself that I might be right. I got into some of that with Westworld. I won't go into specifics, but I ended up kind of deep dive theory, uh, you know, trying to figure out who certain people were, and I had some really early predictions and I ended up being right. But uh, some people called me out and said I had confirmation bias and that every time I I backed up my theory and proved it, they're like, oh, you're seeing that because you want to see it. You want to prove your theory. But I'm like, no, no. I mean, it all adds up. Like, it doesn't disprove it. And so I'm hoping here that that's not the case with this one. But once again... Uh, I'm seeing these things, his his uh, quote about the undo button and all their talk about fixing things and, and uh, ch- changing it all or, or, you know, fixing it all. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still on board. I'm still going to say something crazy is going on with, with time and space here. So we'll have to see if this uh, proves us wrong or, or right. Or maybe we'll get it right and predict it back in, in episode one. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be cool. So, I mean, you've been on Reddit. Are there people who are who have a similar idea that you do like do they believe that this is a different alternate or they believe in some of the timeline i haven't read a ton of theories but i like to i like to look at the uh, post episode discussion i like to get people's initial reactions it's fun to discuss it with people and since a lot of people that i know necessarily maybe they haven't watched it live or right as it airs i like to have some other people go like oh you know what the f like what this is crazy so before we talked i went on there and i looked at some things and there's some there's some rambling. Some people are on board with that. Some people totally dismiss it. But some people say, oh, alternate universe. Or some people say time travel. I mean, there are other people out there. There's a few. I'm not going to say it's the majority, but there's a few crazies out there with us. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, listen, we want to hear from you. So send us in, theshowspoilers at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at all the spoilers all the spoilers yep uh, they're all here and uh yeah that's that's one of the most fun parts again like i just mentioned i mean after you watch a show like this with so many twists and turns and reveals and and just a damn good show i mean when we talk about we're big fans of game of thrones we're big fans of westworld when you see these high caliber shows with with amazing writing and acting it's like you just want to talk about them and then furthermore you want to uh, go into these crazy theories so please email us the show spoilers at gmail.com tweet at us direct message us on there all the spoilers we would love to talk to you and if you want to completely prove us wrong and tell us why we're crazy for thinking there might be time travel <laughs> do it email us or message us and if you want to support us if you want to say hey these guys are not all the way crazy i mean even if some of them have pseudonyms we're on board here with this just let us know any feedback uh is good for us again uh you can also follow me on twitter Twitter. I'm at Roger underscore Roper. Uh, you can also check out our other podcasts at Shat on TV and Shat the Movies, where we review 80s and 90s movies and uh, other series such as Westworld, Taboo, American Gods, and Game of Thrones. 
And I'm Kevin Brackett. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And of course, you can listen to me every week on Real Spoilers. Follow us at Real Spoilers or the big discussion goes on on Facebook. You can follow the page Real Spoilers or join what we call the League of Show Sharers. It's our group of people that uh, discuss everything related to the week's episode. And then 180, completely unrelated to the week's episode, we talk about pop culture, shows, music, games, you name it. So join the League of Show Shares, talk to us on there. But again, email us, give us your theories. Uh, we want to hear from you before next episode. But until next time, it's been a pleasure as always, Raj. Thank you, Kevin. Good night. Good night. Good night.